I think is saying is we should be grieving the loss of relationship with God because of our sin. And we, we lost it in original sin, but we lose it all the time in our own garbage, right? That's what we're mourning. That's, that's the person who is fully filled with the spirit so that I'm convicted and grieved immediately when I have disrupted the relationship with him through my own sin. I'm grieved. It's one of the many things I feel. Maybe it's easier for me to feel frustrated, angry at myself, but underneath that, there should be grief. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and today we'll be continuing our series focusing on the Sermon on the Mount. This series is different in that it consists of an eight-week study with five daily programs to help you study the Sermon on the Mount in a much deeper way. If you want the study material or homework or more information about this series or other resources we provide, you can find them on our website, studywithfriends.org. In this episode, we discuss some potentially sensitive topics. A full list of these topics is listed in the description of this episode wherever you may be watching or listening. If any of these subjects are upsetting to you, please prayerfully consider whether listening to today's episode is right for you. If you are a radio listener, you can find the description on our website, studywithfriends.org, to best discern whether this particular episode is the right fit for you. Day three, who is blessed? I think we talked about this a little bit already in days one and two, but what I think is a common probably pretty comfortable approach to this list is that these are different types of Christian people. These are different types of people. And actually the way that this is structured, Jesus is describing qualities he wants all of his disciples to possess. In order to help with that, because we've talked a lot about, like, how do I interpret that? What does that mean? What does poor mean? <laughs> That's the one. That's always the one. What does it mean? Because in the Bible, Jesus said to some guy whose name I can't think of right now, you have to leave all your stuff. Nicodemus. So is that, thank you. Is that what we have to do? Is that what he's saying? That's a big question. And the truth is people will, if they think that's what's happening, they're just going to skim right over this because no one wants to give up their stuff. <laughs> and again, I loved what you said about safety. I also framed it in the context of like gaining knowledge. Mm -hmm. You could frame it in the context of game, gaining acclaim or fame. Usually money comes with that, but sometimes it does like, right? So there's lots of things we can gather to ourselves that make us feel offended by the word poor. So what I did in the homework is I rephrased, and I'm always pretty careful about rephrasing anything in the Bible, but I think this is helpful. And if you think it's helpful, tell me. And if you think it's useless, tell me. So how about we do this as a little exercise? If one of you guys, if you guys can um, pull up the actual Beatitudes, um, read verse, someone read verse three, and I'm going to say that could also mean this, or I think that means this. Okay. So someone read verse five, three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I think we can receive that as, as I've said in a, a few days already, 
humble dependence on God, understanding my impoverished state that is already what I am and just acknowledging it and asking the Lord to help me become less impoverished because I, I have nothing, right? I have nothing. Yeah. I am only what God made me. This, this also, we did a whole study on our identity in Christ because I had heard that my whole life in, in church. And I was like, what does that mean? And I was, I was kind of like, I guess I should already know what that means because everybody says it. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> our identity is in Christ. And I would like affirm it. But then when it came down to it, I was like, what the heck does that really mean? Of course it means union with Christ and, and his death on the cross. But it also means that we recognize we have nothing. If I have a strong brain, it's only because God gave it to me. If I can walk up those steps, it's because God gave me legs that can work. All I have is what he gave me. I have nothing more. I didn't come out of the womb and be like, here I go. I'm going to power through this life. Mm-hmm. I was born. I got what he gave me. And over the course of my life, I have accumulated what he gave me. And I have lost what he has decided to take away. And I didn't earn any of it. And that's humble dependence on God, that I recognize my impoverished state, that I have no control, no power of my own. Does that make sense? Okay. Verse four. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Okay. I would like to reframe this as this is, yes, of course, this is true for people who have lost someone, but it is actually perhaps more true that we all, so not all of us have had an acute loss of a loved one. So if these are attributes that we should all be able to embrace, then would it make more sense that that means this is acute mourning and grief over our sin state. I am mourning my sin condition. That grieves me. Does that make sense? Consciously or subconsciously? Let's just receive it and see if, see if the work of this day gets us there okay. and you can come back in the well, end you, if you, you don't yeah well i'd yeah. like to interject something that we can touch on later for me that does imply some loss i'm not saying that's a person it could be the loss of myself or whatever mm-hmm. but i would like to put that in there what do you mean um it says blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted mm-hmm. for god to comfort me and i'm mourning so i am at a loss mm-hmm. it, it's not just the sin state that would be recognition I'm recognizing my sinful state. I, but I feel that the mourning should be me feeling something was taken away. The sin state, that is my condition. Well, what if we rephrase it and say what was taken away from me was the perfection of the garden and it was taken away by my sin. What was taken away from me is a free and perfect relationship with God and it was taken because of my sin. How does that land? I'm just wondering if, if these are all being told to us that when we are this, this will be given to us or something like that. I'm wondering if, for me personally, honestly, the loss of my, the sin state or whatever that... No, no, it's not the loss of sin. Or the lack of me or the sin state being there. It's the loss of relationship. Relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And we can mourn that. Wait, I see you processing it. We can come back to that. Yeah, I I would just say that when I am truly repentant, mm-hmm. it's because there's grief in there. Mm-hmm. Because I am like, okay, let me use Paul instead. Paul says, what I want to do, I can't do. And what I don't want to do, I keep doing. Mm-hmm. That's 
grief, mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. Okay, I can relate to me beating myself up yeah, over something. That's what it is. The I'm distance just, between I'm me and God. I'm grieved by this. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I am mourning. I've said a million times on this show, so everybody knows. My mom died when I was in my 20s. And what that's such a fully orbed experience. But what I'm really missing is not being in relationship with her Mm. the way that we were. And that's grief, the loss of relationship. Mm. And so we so easily package it in the loss of another human. Mm -hmm. But what this I think is saying is we should be grieving the loss of relationship with God because of our sin. And we, we lost it in original sin but we lose it all the time in our own garbage, right? That's what we're mourning. That's that's the person who is fully filled with the spirit so that I'm convicted and grieved immediately when I have disrupted the relationship with him through my own sin. I'm grieved. It's one of the many things I feel. Maybe it's easier for me to feel frustrated, angry at myself, but underneath that, there should be grief. Because I have such value for the relationship when it's free flowing. Like those moments in worship or that worship song that nails you every time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That moment where you're like, but God, mm-hmm. don't you want to have that all the time? Mm-hmm. So don't you mourn when you jam it up? Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Mourning mm-hmm. the loss of it. And that person will be comforted because she comes to God and says, I am grieved, comfort me. And he says, and now I'm going to cry. And he says, I love you. Mm -hmm. My grace is sufficient for you. Mm -hmm. There's no greater comfort than that, Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to mess it up. Mm -hmm. He's got me. Mm -hmm. He's not going to abandon me. Mm -hmm. He's not going to forget me. I'm not going to finally do something that actually breaks it. To me, that's so clearly what this is saying. Mm -hmm. I'm mourning and he's comforting me. Mm. My God, I can't. Mm. He's like, I can't. Is that? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I wasn't trying to contest no, no, that. No, I'm yeah. so glad you did it. It was just I feel more like what Gianna was saying about when she was talking about safety, and I said control. I feel like when we let go of those things, sometimes there is a mourning in us, or I let go yeah. of my safety, mm-hmm. I let go of my control, and God says, "I will comfort you," yeah. because that will be replaced now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that too. That's, this isn't just a one-stop shop. That's what I'm saying. Like God goes deeper and deeper and this is multifaceted and mm-hmm. we'll never get to the bottom of it. Yeah. What you said is true. Mm-hmm. Totally true. And I'm so glad you said it. I gotta get <laughs> myself together a little bit. Cause that, that's deep for me. Mm-hmm. Was, like yeah. I need to know that when I'm grieved by my own stupidity, mm. That even though I may have broken human relationships or hurt somebody who might not be able to forgive me, God will always be able to forgive me. Yeah. Man, I need that. That is comfort. Yeah. Yes. That is comfort. That, yes. I and totally that's agree. That's what I think we have to read under this and say, oh, yeah, people who are grieving a, the loss of a loved one. Of course. Mm. Of course. But also every one of us every day. Mm. If we are in the right heart, heart posture towards Jesus. That says, I did it again. I did it again. Mm-hmm. Please get me through this grief. What about those who are mourning something that isn't their fault? Like, isn't a direct result of their own sin? Mm-hmm. Maybe so, someone so like else's anybody sin. in a Job situation? Anyone mm-hmm. in a Job situation. I think then we have to turn to Job. But the 
the the root of that lives in the beatitudes because in any case if i bring that mourning to god mm-hmm. i will be comforted in any case mm-hmm. whether i did it or it was done to me and i've experienced both you know that if i bring it to god and i lay it before him and say only you can heal this i will be comforted it's a matter of that submission yeah because part of us wants to get justice on our own mm. or we want justice to be in our vision, our sight, and maybe even in our control. But when we lay it before God and say, only you can heal what fill in the blank. I'm talking about it on a very personal level, but there's so many societal things that we have to say to God, this grieves you and only you can fix it. And I have to trust and wait that you will fix it in your good time, mm-hmm. that you have a good plan. Mm-hmm. But all of that is a matter of full submission. Okay, so uh, we kind of covered it's humility. Bless. Okay, so read, read five. Someone read five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So to me, this is a humility of our own need for grace. So when I'm meek, I am, you know, the scripture pas- passage just says, consider others better than yourself. That's meekness, right? That's the mindset of meek. I'm not leading, I'm not pushing, I'm not preaching. I'm considering other people better than myself. I do that when I'm fully embracing my own need for grace. Like, it's so easy for me to sit in this circle <laughs> and say this, and so difficult for me to live it out. But, but when I do live it out, when I give grace to like anybody, from like a stupid thing, like road rage or whatever, to a deep thing, <laughs> like deep cuts, pains, horrible things, murders, pedophile. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I give grace to that person? It's because if I'm ever able to do that, it's because I recognize my own need for grace. Mm -hmm. If I'm always identifying them as the other, Mm -hmm. then I'm never going to be able to give them any grace. Grace being understanding, forgiveness, compassion. Okay, that all falls under grace. But if I say to myself, given the right circumstances, I mean, aside from pedophiles god forbid but given the right circumstances that could happen to anybody and you know what i hate to say this but maybe it's controversial but i think pedophiles like are raised by pedophiles right yes i was just so thinking I, I, I i hate to say that mm-hmm. but like if you wrap your brain around like this person was broken mm-hmm. by somebody else or some other circumstance like that's a hard one yeah. i was gonna say it because we get so protective say, about children as mm-hmm. we should and you can't like say aside from yeah, you're right. That's yeah. why I corrected it. Which, sorry, but sorry, my bad. Oh, but you, but aside for like, yeah. I know, yeah. but that's the thing. That's, that's that where it takes a lot of radical grace. That's where a lot of disconnect happens with people, though. Well, because to say it's so difficult to answer the question of so you would forgive mm-hmm. if someone if if you had a child and someone hurt your child, you would forgive that person. It's so hard to have to say, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but if we I are true wanna, disciples of Christ, but if you're a true disciple of then, Christ, I mean, I you, I know I wasn't to. at a, at this funeral, but I know of I know of a family whose daughter was stalked, oh. murdered, and before she died, the house was set on fire, and so she was stabbed, and then the house was set on fire. The mother delivered the gospel at the funeral. The mother and preached forgiveness. And everyone leaves that saying, that's supernatural forgiveness. And what do we mean by that? 
we mean that that is a radical embodiment of the grace of God. That's an extreme example. We can play it out in our own lives how we see fit, but that's what Christ is saying. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. He's taking no prisoners with this. He's like, that's what I expect because that's what I gave you. Mm -hmm. And you want to say your sin and you love the sin scale. Your sin is over here and that person's (laughs) sin is over here. You love the sin scale, but Jesus says, throw it out because I threw it out. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to put your your sins and another's on a scale when I didn't. Can I ask a question? Is someone wrong if they aren't able to do that? No. Well, they're not right. It's a journey. I think being able to do it at the funeral while it's still so acute is ins- it feels to me insane. Yeah. <laughs> um well, not insane but like I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean yeah. like I can't even wrap my brain around yeah. it. Mind-boggling. Yeah. But I've been, I have experienced the radical grace of God and moments like that. So I know it's possible. It doesn't mean I'm flawed or I, I am flawed. We're all flawed. It doesn't mean I failed mm-hmm. if I can't do it in that turnaround time. What that kind of turnaround time means is that God was huge in that yeah. moment. That he just came in and he was like, I've got you. But and he always does. Mm-hmm. So it's a journey. It's always to his good purposes. It's he works through us. He he sanctifies us in his timing. Yeah. So we don't get to look at another person and say whether they failed or succeeded. We don't get to look at ourselves and say whether we failed or succeeded as long as we continue to submit to the pruning that he has in mind to do. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the wrongness would come from you accepting the forgiveness of God and just being completely unwilling to even consider that for someone else. Yeah, like I I do agree with you in concept. I'm never going to blame that mother if she never gets there. Nor would I even want to... It's not our place. Blame my... But okay, Mm -hmm. even if it was me, I feel like... Justified. I, I just would feel loath to the idea of you need to forgive because God forgave you. Okay. You feel that way because of your flesh. And this is a really great moment to take Christian counseling into put it into the uh, onto the table for a second. I love a Christian Christian counselor. counselor. I'm assuming they all do their job really well. But sometimes we take on that role when we don't have the chops. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we do is we say trite things like that. Like, you have to forgive them like God forgave you. And that's hurtful. Mm -hmm. It is not our job to shepherd ourselves or each other through God's process and pruning for us. So we just say, I will pray for you. I will love you. I will stand beside you. And I validate what you're feeling. And I know that God is in this. But I, I agree. Just... Uh, yes, you're absolutely right that that's so our role when as we pe- as say when we use something like this as a weapon, no, then we are we are in no, sin. Don't do yeah. That's we, not and what we, I'm, I think people do it with good intentions. Yes, yeah. yes. No, they absolutely are misguided. Absolutely, and I agree. I am with you. I'm not necessarily referring to humans saying this, but if I'm understanding the Beatitudes right. Jesus is saying, you must forgive him as I forgave you. Mm-hmm. That's what I would be like. Okay. What are you so, talking about? So he, th- <laughs> that, that actually is a foreshadowing to a uh, subsequent week when Jesus says, therefore, be perfect as your father is perfect. Mm. 
Do you think he means be perfect, Gianna, as your father in heaven is perfect? Anybody? I mean, could he possibly mean the that? The tone of your voice says no, but logic says yes. Okay. We, maybe we wait for the, the week, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gloss over it. Uh-huh. We are made How are image. we perfected? Not us. Correct. So when he says, therefore, be perfect as your father is perfect, he's not saying. He's not saying do it on your own. He's saying give me the opportunity. Yeah. And he's actually, in, in that here. context, he's, he's, he's looking at the law mm-hmm. and he's saying, it says, whoever is accountable to one part of the law is accountable to all of it. So when we say, I have to summon this up in myself, anything, forgiveness, any other thing that we have going on that doesn't align with this, with scripture in general, but the sermon specifically, when we say to ourselves, I got to muscle through this, that's the first wrong step on a bad path. Mm -hmm. What we have to say is I submit, I cannot, Yeah, I cannot forgive. It is not in me. I don't want to. And I don't think. I should have to. Yeah. Then we can be honest and say, but I submit because I know in your word, mm-hmm. there's something better here, but I can't do it. I, I can't do the it. The grape, I can stay connected to the vine. Yeah. All I have to do is stay connected. I cannot become a grape. I want to be a grape. I desire to be grapey. Everybody else around me is super grapey, but I can't do it. And God's like, yeah, Talk I know. <laughs> That's why Jesus. All right. That's tough though. Of course it's tough. tough If it were easy, everybody would be knocking it out of the park every day, and none of us are. No. All right. All right. And that's what the law is designed to do, show us that we're not. And we'll talk about that in I don't know what week, but okay. This is deep stuff. How are we holding up? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) This is the end of week. It's hard work. Um, We didn't do anything (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna do you need to do. It's good. I'm gonna say this in the homework. This was so much better. So in the homework, I think additional insights are found in Psalm one, which we don't have time to read. Sorry, but but you should read. And also, I'm just gonna gloss by the list of priorities in the Beatitudes reflect the list of priorities in the command in the Ten Commandments. Actually, the numbers also reflect so the first four beatitudes are how we relate to god Mm -hmm. so remember i said um blessed are the poor in spirit and i'm i'm reflecting on my poverty and god needs to solve that for me Mm -hmm. so we developed this more in the homework go get it but the first four beatitudes are how we relate to god the first four commandments are how we relate to god Commandment one, no other gods. Commandment two, no idols. Commandment don't say God's name in vain. And four, this keep the Sabbath holy. And then five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten, honor your mom and dad. Don't murder, don't no adultery, no stealing, no false witness, no coveting. That's how we relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Same with the Beatitudes. So mm-hmm. interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So interesting. The second set it's of Beatitudes. Someone designed it it's that almost way. <laughs> as if God's perfect. Um re- or how we relate to each other. So I'd love for people to develop that on their own. Go do the homework. Do it with your small group. Do it in pr- your prayer time with God. But there's much more in the homework to uh to chew on, and I'm glad we did what we did. Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. 
Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry. And if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.